Hello, welcome to Dad Pod. I'm Osha Ginsberg. That's Charlie Clawson, and this is episode seven of season two, the second trimester. Uh, that was a that was a bit of a, a low energy start. Just a, a kind of hello. You didn't want to hit, hit the ground running a bit harder. Is this a result of being six months into having a child? It's just. <sighs> You're no. getting near the end of the season and just like, oh, man. Nearly Can't eight. Can't even find the energy to do an intro. It's, you know what? i tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is. I worked out so hard with my neighbor yesterday, I am my head to toe riddled with DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness. As you know, we've talked about this on this show a bit. I have precious little time to actually do any workouts anymore, all right? Mm. So in the one hour or so that, I've, that Wolfie's morning nap is down, that's pretty much the only regular expected time of day that I can get, all right, I've got an hour, go. And so my neighbor comes around and he stands on one side of the backyard and I stand on the other and, you know, you can't cheat when you say to your neighbor, all right, I'm going to do sets of 10 burpees with a sandbag and then sets of 10 chin-ups, um, five attempts yep. and five eccentrics. Let's go, I've got one hour. And then you have to do it because you told him and you don't want to be the guy that goes, no, that's what I do it now. And I'm fucked. Yeah, that's, why, that's why I train on my own because I believe fitness does not require any accountability. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my own pace. Thank you very much. Oh, man. Are you going, going okay? I am going okay, as we talked about in previous episodes. So Gemma and I are going through self-settling with uh, Iona at the moment, which has been painful because... The instinct when your child is crying is to pick them up and rock them back to sleep and put them back down. The much tougher thing is to leave them in the cot and gently touch them and sing and, and soothe them with your voice. But we're seeing a little bit of progress. You know, last night we, she she goes down during the day a lot easier with the self-settling. Like, that's not as hard, but it's just nighttime for some reason. She gets, I don't know if she gets a bit more freaked out because it's dark and mum and dad aren't in the room or whatever. Right. But last night she sort of went down and, and we got a good chunk of sleep before she woke up again and, and needed her midnight feed. But it's a real psychological game, you know, because... Obviously, by evolutionary design, the, the cry of your child prompts you to want to give care, <laughs> want to touch and protect and all that kind of stuff. And so it's this real mind game where you have to sort of sit there and be like, okay, this is fine. A child can cry. But it digs at you. Like it really yeah. like it just sort of gets under your skin. Yeah. It's like a test of your resolve. It really, really is. We're going to have to do a whole episode on that in future seasons. We are winding the clock back a little bit, though, for season two, where ideally Charlie and I started this podcast because we couldn't find much stuff out there as far as practical parenting advice goes for dads. There's plenty for mums, but not much for dads. So first season of Dad Pod was freaking awesome. In fact, Charlie, we have been recommended by the New South Wales government as a podcast, a good parenting podcast to listen to, which makes me feel that people in the New South Wales government haven't listened to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think they just Googled parenting podcast and we probably, you know, a search engine optimization got us to the top of the charts. Thanks very much to our good friends at the SEO.com or wherever they are. Yeah. Uh, so we're kind of taking a second lap at the pregnancy journey and just trying to cover off things that we might have missed the first time around. And we wanted to talk today about the second trimester. And through the power of algorithms, my phone is starting to you know, beep at me all the time going, oh, one year ago today. And I look at it and, oh, that's right. That's where, when Audrey mm. was about three to four months pregnant and it was just glow town, absolutely glow town. I know you found the second trimester pretty excellent, didn't you? 
Yeah, it was funny, actually. When we talked about the second trimester on this season of the show, I was like, oh, man, why can't I remember that much about it? And it's because for us, it was very low incident. There was not a lot, apart from the physical changes to Jem. Well, there's two things. So it was low incident in terms of she was just feeling so great and everything was was flying. And But also, Jem uh, went to Canada to shoot a commercial for six weeks. So I didn't see her for like three of those weeks. Then I flew over to spend you know some time with her. But you know, a large chunk of the second trimester, you know, was just done via Skype. But yeah, there is the mental side to it, which is like the hormones get released and the and the way your partner feels about herself. But then there is also this, the physical aspect where, you know, if you've never quite understood what the term womanly means, wait till you get to the second trimester where the body starts to take this kind of shape, which is like, oh my God, there is something very primal and, 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 you know, you start to see that this is a, a giver of life. This is what happens to a body when it's getting ready to deliver another life into the world. Yeah. Uh, suddenly there's this woman that I'd known for years. It was like her body in some sort of final three minutes left of a Transformers movie where one of the machines <laughs> suddenly goes... Oh, it was this thing the whole time. Uh, you know, her body just started to morph into this other thing altogether where, oh, right, that's what she was born to do. Like her body started to become this whole baby creation being. Factory. Oh, <laughs> the baby saying, factory. Saying being because being is a much yeah. nicer word, Charlie. But that's not yeah. the only thing. That's not the only thing that was going down. We talked last time about the massage, certainly in the birthing courses when we were talking about the learning of the massages, but it was in the second trimester that we really got into. And I would recommend that, you know, this is a time to really get onto that whatever moisturizing or cocoa butter or bio oil or whatever it is that you want to use. Just get that on their belly every single night. Get on there and just got to slather that stuff on. As far as avoiding stretch marks and things like that, we found it to be incredibly, incredibly helpful. Audrey's managed to walk away scot-free twice now of stretch marks in both her pregnancies because that's what she did the first time around and that's what I got to do the second time around. And as well, during that, you're going to be massaging more intensely right up until the baby's born, in fact. But there's also other things that are going to happen with your partner during the second trimester. Obviously, those bodily changes don't happen by accident. They happen because hormones start to just start absolutely course through her veins. And those hormones will cause a few different things. Food cravings really start to kick in heavy in the second trimester. So whatever it is she feels like, ice cream, hummus, ice cream and hummus, whatever it is, make sure you've got plenty of that around. Now we have things like Deliveroo and Uber Eats. So if that is within your wheelhouse, if that is within your budget, those things can be a lifesaver. If not, get used to going out late and buying things. Bear in mind as well, she's going to be needing to eat more food. Audrey did have gestational diabetes, so we had to manage her intake of food very, very carefully. And so Audrey was on the insulin the whole time. She had to take her bloods five times a day, I think, and give herself insulin at night, every night. And because she is who she is, and she loves the Lamingtons from the cafe down the road so much... She would go, oh, no, 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 I am saving my carbohydrates. So she would, like she was, you know, prepping for peak week of the, you know, IBF Bodybuilding Foundation. She would eat nothing but protein all morning. And then timing it right, you know, two hours before she had to take her blood, she would go, right, afternoon tea, this is my one quarter of a Lumington. And she would eat it and just, oh, man. (laughs) 
<laughs> you totally enjoy it. But that, you know, managing the gestational diabetes was a trick and it's very important because it can cause babies to get absolutely massive and cause a lot of complications. So she was very, very careful around that. But there's other things that happen uh, in the second trimester. There's um, mood changes definitely kick in. Those hormones really can start. But if those things, you know, if those things get worse, they can turn into depression, anxiety, things like that. You do want to keep in touch with your doctor about that. But a lot of it does come down to talking with them talking with your partner. And uh, if I could say anything, this is told to me, it's much harder to do. Don't say the first thing that comes to mind. Don't, just don't, don't. What are you talking about in reference to what? If there's a mood swing going on, Charlie. Oh, and, right. Okay. An accusation comes your way that you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? I've picked all this shit up. Nope, yeah. don't say that. Just wait and go, okay. Oh, okay, hon, I've got it, no problem. <laughs> I mean, the flip side of that too, as well, is like the mood swings aren't all negative. There's a lots of like euphoric mood swings as well. Yeah. And I think that this is a great time for you guys to just spend a bit of time with the belly and yeah. feeling for kicks and yeah. discussing, you know, potential names and playing music. That's what we did a lot of, playing music to her. And it's a really good bonding experience because, you know, you can soak up a bit of that oxytocin as well. Like, you know, your partner's going to be totally loved up and, you know, she's got a life growing inside her. And so you can connect to that through just the simple act of lying in bed together and touching the belly and trying to feel a bit of movement and talking about names and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, that's sort of part of the communication as well, because if you sort of establish this little kind of space, for, you know, whenever you decide to do it during the day in the morning, if she is feeling a bit flat or she does have aches and pains, you know, this is a good time that you can sort of say, okay, well, this is all about us right now. Oh, absolutely. And those kicks, those, when those first kicks start to happen, it's pretty exciting. But soon enough, I think it's about around about 21 weeks baby starts to sleep and wake. And what's wild is those sleep and wake cycles are the same on the other side. They're the same in the fourth trimester when baby's out here in the world. And mm -hmm. so get used to those timings because that's when baby's going to be awake and that's when baby's going to be asleep. And you can kind of get used to, oh yeah, baby's asleep for another hour. And then about an hour later, they're, oh, hey, come over here really quick. And you drop what you're doing and you run over and you put your hands, I can't feel anything. There's nothing happening. <gasps> and then you feel it. And it's just the greatest thing ever. Uh, it's yeah, it's Freaking incredible. I'm pretty sure, like, Iona, when I when we were Skyping, we were in two different countries, Gemma was convinced that every time she heard my voice via Skype, she would swim to the top of her belly. Like, oh. there would be this little movement where she would try and get closer. And I don't know if that's actually, you know, factually correct, but it was cool for us, you know. Take it's like, it. Say it's true. It sounds true. I'm with it. I'll believe it because Wolf was the same. And, the, you know, same thing with music. Like we sort of worked out early on, okay, this is the kind of music that she's into. And I've got to say, now that she's out in the world, it seems to have proven true. Like she's into guitar rock. <laughs> Not so much into hip hop, but really loves kind of that 70s guitar rock, really melodic kind of guitar rock. Into metal a little bit, but really just sort of that classic 70s kind of southern tinged rock. Oh. Oh, yeah, we did uh, yesterday. Every morning during breakfast, we'd listen to a, an album and, uh, and we sing along. I mean, why Why should the Wiggles have the monopoly on the thing, songs you sing to your kid? I found the Black Crow's Southern Harmony Musical Companion we just went down a treat <laughs> of a breakfast. Today, we did Johnny Cash Live at San Quentin and we learned all about the Orange Blossom special, uh, which was yeah. freaking awesome. But yeah, what Charlie's saying is that baby starts to hear at around week 15, baby can start to hear. So getting to know dad's voice, it's really important. And it's super cool. And it gets the two of you, you and you and mom, gets the two of you into the idea, especially if this is your first of like, oh yeah, here, here comes another person. Here, another person's moving in. This is great. 
Another thing you want to put some thought into is pillows. It may seem like a simple thing now, but as your wife, uh, she's getting bigger and her body's moving around, she's going to need more support, especially around like her hips, her ankles, her knees. So there are lots of specialized pillows you can get. You can get sort of pregnancy pillows, body pillows. Um, You even gave us your old pillow when you were done, which is like a full body pillow, which is... I don't know about that. I felt intimidated by that because I was like, if I wake up in the middle of the night and I see Gemma cuddling that when she could be cuddling me, I don't know how I'm going I'm to cope with that. So <laughs> we just went out and invested in some really good quality pillows. For Gem, it was about just creating some space in her hips. Mm. So she would lie on her side and put the pillow between her knees. And so then after that, we're like, oh, this is working. So we got a few more pillows. And then it was became like this Tetris thing where Jen would get into bed and would settle in for sleep. And she would put like one between her knees, one at her back, one around the front there. So she kind of had this little, I guess it would be like barricades, <laughs> pillow barricades around her that just sort of kept her, just made her feel more secure and took a little bit of the pressure off those joints in her body. All that time building pillow forts as a kid is about to pay <laughs> off. <laughs> Because, yeah, without a doubt. The thing is, that big pregnancy pillow, I went a bit nuts and I got that thing on eBay. It turns out that Audrey couldn't find a comfortable way to lie with it. So um, that's hence we, we washed it, left it in the sun and gave, gave it over to you, <laughs> over to you guys because she was like, I can't, I can't, can't do it. It wasn't, wasn't well, good. Well, we, we intend to re-gift it ourselves. So. <laughs> yeah, as you should because why should everybody pay for this sort of stuff? Maybe at the end of this season we can, we can run a competition where you can win uh, Charlie and Osh's body pillow. <laughs> The other thing that, you know, you can do at this time, this is around the time when you start doing those tests that we spoke about last time, but this is around the time you find out the sex of the baby. It's in the second trimester. This is kind of when you figure out what, what you've got. Now, we we got the, the gender of the baby and we put it in an envelope and we gave it to our eldest and she went and organized a big kind of baby shower reveal situation. Potentially one of the most confusing gender reveals. I look, I've got to be honest, it's the only one I've ever been to, but... When the reveal happened, I was no clearer <laughs> on what sex the baby was. You and me both, but it worked out <laughs> fine. It all worked out fine. You uh, you found out and you, you knew straight away? Yeah, we wanted to know straight away. And I've got to admit, like, Jim was so excited about having a little girl that it made me wonder if we'd found out we're having a little boy, <laughs> would it have been a different reaction? Uh, but no, I think I, it's different for everyone. But for us, it just sort of allowed us to kind of imagine what it was going to be like you know we just wanted to sort of talk more about you know what we wanted to get for her room and speculate on the kind of person she was going to be just sort of like I said it's part of that process of you know doing the talking in the morning and you know just it's a bonding experience and you can still at this point the instant kind of catatonic need to sleep now naps tend to abate a little bit in the uh, in the second trimester so these were the times where Audrey and I would kind of go out and you know, we'd go to dinner or something early. Like, I still want to get to bed early, but it was just, it was so lovely. The second trimester was just really, really nice because, yeah, she was beautiful and resplendent in her fecundity. You know, she was glowing with this kind of pregnancy thing. She wasn't big enough that her body was starting to just really be agonizing to just stand, which started mm. to happen, in, you know, as we got closer and closer to birth. Yeah, I mean, Gemma was actually doing super long hours. Like, I mean, first of all, she flew to another country, but then three weeks of pre-production and then, like, I think it was, like, an enormous 10-day, enormous for a TV commercial anyway, like a 10-day shoot where wow. you're doing 14, 15-hour days on your feet. 
But she was fine. And Toronto is a bit of a, a walking city. Like in between all that, we'd sort of be strolling around and looking at shops and going to restaurants and all that kind of stuff. But it is the kind of golden period. It is that you don't have the uncertainty and the kind of like, oh, this is all new. And it's not the physical toll of the third trimester. It's really that sweet spot where it's like, this is great. This is the new part. We're getting used to it. And you can still do a lot of stuff that you want to do. Yeah, one of the things to be mindful of is as you do get more active, that your your partner, your your wife, the the lady in the relationship who is having the baby may start to experience a thing called a Braxton Hicks contraction, and, mm. and that at first it kind of freaks you out if it's never happened before. Certainly, if this is your first baby, it's just those muscles that your uh, the woman's body will need to deliver the baby, just kind of starting to work out, just starting to get ready, just starting to go okay okay, we're going to need to, you know, sort of build some tone here and build some muscular tone. Uh, so, you know, that, that's okay. It's, it feels like a, like, I don't know, Audrey described it as, as uh, some sort of tightness around her abdomen. But if they start to get regular and they start to get stronger, uh, you need to call your guy or girl. You need to call <laughs> your healthcare provider. <laughs> They could certainly, like if we'd gone for a long walk or something or, you know, heaven forbid, if we did kind of manage to have very quiet sex, that that would be something that could bring it on as well. So just right. bear in mind that you're not going into labor. It's just a Braxton Hicks contraction. So, I mean, very quiet sex? We have a, teenage, we have a teenage kid. Oh, of course. You will yeah, learn, Charlie. You will yeah, learn right. the, the loud, oh, yes, that, all that shit, over. Over. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. The idea of having super quiet sex where there is like no sound whatsoever becomes a deftly mastered skill. Well, that's okay. I mean, you know, we all learnt that when we were teenagers, so I guess you're just going back to the old school <laughs> techniques, right? <laughs> Don't wake up the house. Where's my Kingswood? <laughs> All right, Charlie, our guest dad for episode seven today is an extraordinary dad. He's a father of, I believe, three marvelous children. He is the host of the incredibly successful television program, Taboo. He's a world-famous stand-up comedian and uh, the narrator of the one episode of Drunk History that I got to do, Harley Breen. Welcome to Dad Pod, mate. G'day, gentlemen. <laughs> How's it going? How are you? Oh, yeah, we're in lockdown. I'm doing homeschooling. I'm currently spreading some corn thins, trying to speak at a hushed tone that can also be broadcast because there's two of the three are asleep. It's a shit bite, to be honest with you. I'm fascinated by this whole homeschooling thing, Harley. So tell me, how do you structure your day? Do you have like recesses and lunchtimes and stuff, or is it just a bit of a play it by ear, Steiner School approach? Well, what you do is you, you get up when the first one kicks you in the testicles, which is usually about 5.30 in the morning, and then you just hope for the best. <laughs> That's the lesson plan. That's about as much wisdom as I can give any of you. <laughs> Harley, we were talking today about the changes that go through your partner during the second trimester, which is... Yeah, I'm dealing with three of them that went through my <laughs> Do you remember the second trimester particularly well? Is there any, anything particularly that you recall from the first time you, you had a kid around, about the second trimester? Well, I've, um, I've now accumulated three human beings to two wonderful women. And so I would say those three births, they're not really, they've got, really got nothing in common with each other, really different to each other, the individual processes. And so therefore the, the second trimester as well. I guess the easiest one to remember is that 
when you get to the 12 week mark, you do a little breathe out because you're in the in- inverted commas, the safe zone, whatever mm. that means, because you, you're never really in the safe zone as a parent. But technically at that 12 week mark, you, your, your chances of miscarriage go down. So you, I guess as a dad, you kind of go, oh, all right, I've done something good. Well, you've done nothing. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and then I guess the stereotype is that a woman in that second trimester will start to feel better if she's had any morning sickness. Um, she'll start to feel a bit lighter on her feet. She'll feel really uh, at peace with being pregnant. But again, I, I think any kind of uniformed opinion about birth is uh, a really problematic opinion to have because every woman is completely different and every birth is completely different. And I certainly witnessed that with my partner, who's the mother of my two young children. Both of her pregnancies were very different from each other. Uh, And the last one of Marigold, who's six months old, the second trimester didn't really give her a a break. She she had quite a hard time in the first trimester with morning sickness. and, And the second trimester really was pretty difficult on her body. And so from my perspective, I've always just tried to be the silent support in the background. <laughs> what would you say to, to men who find themselves in that position? Because, you you know, we we have we talked in season one about just feeling kind of useless. And I know in uh, in Shitting With The Door Open, your podcast, you, you do cover this a little bit. What would you say to men who, you know, this is the woman you love and she's in agony, vomiting out of her nose and mouth, you know, at all the hours of the day and you kind of feel a bit useless? What What would you say to men in that position? I think maybe just sit in that uselessness for a bit. I, I think men, and I speak to myself uh, on, on this one, we like to fix things. Mm. And so uh, we see our partner, the love of our life, the mother of our future children, in this sort of agony and pain, and we want to fix it. And I suppose there's things that you can do and be supportive, but you do just have to, for a lot of pregnancy, just go along for the ride. And I think what's happened with birth that's had a really rapid change in about the last 40 years in terms of men now being so involved, going into birthing rooms and all that, which I think is a wonderful thing. There wasn't a lot of discussion beyond that of what it is we do beyond insemination to the birthing room. And I think my advice would stay the same as it always has been is get your men around you. Find men that have gone through it before, find strong men that you can cry in front of, whatever it is, and use them as your support so that you can be as healthy mentally and physically for your partner through all the different things that she's going to go through. And did you find uh, in that second trimester, uh, when it came to sleeping, did uh, your partner, did she require like a pregnancy pillow or was she using more pillows in the bed just to kind of put some support around her joints and stuff like that? Oh, yeah, there's pillows up the yin-yang. <laughs> yeah. I made a – before we even had children, I, I she's quite into marine life, so I, I commissioned a massive pillow squid that Claire Hooper actually made. <laughs> uh, it's like this huge squid with tentacles and stuff. It's as big as me. And uh, yeah. so she's got that and then pillows. And, in fact, so much so that I didn't fit in the bed. Is yeah, Claire Hooper from the Great Australian Bake Off. Claire Hooper. That's correct. The same Claire Hooper. She made a squid for me. <laughs> That's the greatest. Was it the same squid that took down Captain Jack Sparrow in the second Pirates film? <laughs> Very similar. <laughs> when you go to bed, you say, "Let's time to release the kraken." <laughs> yeah, that's right. I just come in dressed as Jack Sparrow from the waist up, and I go, all right, here comes the crackers. 
<laughs> yeah, it's time to get some that's booty. A, that's what's going kind of what, That's a different podcast, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, pretty much. When it comes to things like, and like, it, it is tricky to talk about this kind of stuff, but it is a reality of the fact that things like mood swings do exist. I was given the great advice, don't say the first thing that comes to mind. Just take a <laughs> breath and just try and wait and see what it actually is happening and don't react. Well, I think that's good advice. What did you find help, Harley? Uh, again, like I've, I've got uh, a very close relationship with both my brothers and my father. So uh, I had people on tap that I could call. And in terms of mood swings um, through pregnancy, I, I kind of found everything pretty understandable. That's not to say that I was perfect in my <laughs> response and approach. But I, if I took a moment, and I think that advice of, you know, just wait, and take a breath, you're like, oh, yeah, there's a whole human growing in you. It's probably doing some crazy things. Uh, I might just step out for a beer. <laughs> it is a great way of sort of checking your own self-indulgence. I know Gemma wanted to do some um, pregnancy yoga classes and I went with her because, you know, the partner, you learn how to support them during labor and all that kind of stuff. And I remember I'd just gone for a run and my legs were really sore. And so we got into this squat position. I'm like, oh, no, I don't think I can do this. This is too painful. And Gemma turned to me and said, you think this is fucking painful? I am carrying your child. That's fucking painful. <laughs> I also find that sort of stuff too, the competitiveness of who can deal with pain more. I mean, straight yeah. up women, but it's ridiculous, the idea that uh, because a woman can give birth that she can deal with pain more. It's just that's the biology says that a female does give birth and a male doesn't. It doesn't need to be a competition uh, of who can deal with the most intense pain. And my wife also uh, would refer to the pain with a different word. She calls it intensity rather than pain to try and take mm. it out of the negative and put it into the positive. There's been so much dialogue around birth that makes it this harrowing, horrible, traumatic experience. Yeah. But actually, it's this beautiful, amazing bringing of life. Well, I, have, I always have described to people that the labor process for me was intense but not stressful. It was like watching a, a professional athlete at the Olympics doing weightlifting. Like you knew what they were doing was incredibly strenuous and physically taxing, but you also had the confidence that they could do it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great way to look at it. I mean, the second birth uh, and pregnancy for me and Hannah, uh, because I'd seen what she'd gone through with our first child with Walter and the second one, I was calm as hell. I, I was like, you got this. I've seen you do it before. You're brilliant at it. So I just sat there really quietly and, uh, you know, sort of, I remember the first labor, we had a doula. And at one point she leant in and whispered in my ear, she goes, just remember to talk. And I'm like, oh, thank God you said that. Cause I was just stuck in this spiral of silence. Like when you just had way too many cones and you can't talk anymore. <laughs> you know, giving birth is like you've had too many cones. I mean, some men would use other ways to calm down before the birth of their first child, but sure, Harley, whatever you got to do. Mate, we had a doula and a midwife and had it at home as if I wasn't stoned. What are you talking about? <laughs> Harley, to take time out of your afternoon while not one but two of your children are having a nap and you're you're trying ever so hard to be quiet so you don't wake them up from this precious, precious alone time and to take time on the phone with us, mate, thank you for everything. Thank you so much. Thanks for making Shitting With The Door Open. It's a fabulous parenting podcast. And thank you for being you, Harley, and uh, bringing those three kids into the world. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me, boys, and thanks for doing a podcast and being dad chatting about it. Good thing. <laughs> take care, Harley. Bye-bye. 
Osh, we come to the part of the show where we induct a dad into the Dad Pod Hall of Fame. I've been absolutely, I mean, in season one, there was a, there was a bit of kerfufflery. With, controversy. With, a bit of controversy <laughs> with who was allowed in. And uh, so far, season two, I've been really, really happy with uh, the level of dad, uh, real or imagined dad, that is, is, we're putting up there on a pedestal as like, this is the kind of man that we want to emulate. Yeah, and look, we've we've had an unofficial kind of theme to this season of the Dad Pod Hall of Fame. They've all tended to be uh, action heroes, and we're going to continue that with Excellent. this entry. As is tradition now, I will uh, give you the name of this dad, and I want you to place it in the particular film I'm talking oh, about. Man, if I was right. to say John Matrix. John Matrix? Who is the biggest action uh, star of all time? Uh, Tom Cruise? No, come on. The biggest action star. Yes, exactly. Oh, was it uh, The Last Action Hero? No, earlier. Commando. Yes. Oh John my Matrix. God. John Matrix, the uh, commando of the name of the film Commando. He's a retired Green Beret, United States Special Forces Colonel who, for some reason, has a thick Austrian accent. Military trained, incredibly intelligent, uh, excellent marksman. He's an expert in hand-to-hand combat and weaponry. <laughs> he also loves to chop down trees and carry entire logs on his shoulders. Who doesn't? He, well, he was called the Austrian Oak back in his bodybuilding days. And look, in Commando, he, op- he sh- shows off some very important dad skills, loves a bit of DIY yeah. down in the garden shed when the bad guys are coming, you know, just grabs a circular saw. And just turns fris- it into a ninja star. Frisbee's a circular saw and then handily relieves one of the baddies of one of his arms. <laughs> and now, then- look, the, it's an action film. It could be argued it's also a comedy, but it's an action film. <laughs> but it is all, it's all predicated around how much a father loves his daughter because although he is this highly decorated Green Beret and Army Forces Ranger, uh, he retires from that life to spend more time with his beloved daughter, Jenny, played by Alyssa Milano. But when Jenny gets kidnapped... He stops at nothing to get her back. I guess it's essentially John Wick before John Wick. Taken before taken. Yeah. If Jenny was a puppy, then (laughs) this is what you're going to (laughs) get. There was that fantastic moment when the the feds first come to help him out. And um, he's like, he's got down wind. What do you expect me to do? (laughs) Smell him? I did. (laughs) <laughs> and that he has his olfactory senses are so extraordinary that he can smell the bad guys that he's about to use some garden tools to kill. And that he's he's good with the makeup too. I remember the cover of the VHS had some very special makeup on his face. Uh, yeah, and it also contains the immortal one-liner after he kills the main bad guy, Bennett, by impaling him on a steam pipe. He says, let off some steam, Bennett. See, I thought that was Total Recall, but it's Commando. Yeah, I mean, look, they do all merge into one after a while, but uh, John Matrix, Dad Pod salutes you. <laughs> you just gave me an idea. We had Harley Breed on the show earlier, and Harley was talking, and wisely so, talking about get your men around you, which is very, very important. I'm lucky in that I have a, a poker uh, game that happens every Wednesday night, has done since 2004, and because we can't meet in person during this pandemic, I've been running a game show. I've been running a quiz show on huh. Wednesday nights over Zoom. And you've just given me a great idea for a next week's question. I, I, I did a, uh, an audio question. In fact, I'll, I'll run the audio question by you, Charlie. Okay. Listen to this. Consider that a divorce. What was the actor that Schwarzenegger was talking to? 
I mean, are you friggin' kidding me? It's Sharon Stone. Well done. Well done. I'm asking the right man. <laughs> you, I'm yeah, asking the right man. <laughs> I also love how many Ds that Arnie puts at the start of divorce. Consider the, the, the divorce. Consider the, the divorce. <laughs> like, there's like three Ds in there, right? Consider the, the, the divorce. <laughs> if we went through the credits of Total Recall, you would find Dialogue Coach in there somewhere. And someone has gone... <laughs> Consider the, the divorce. Yeah, this is close. We're going to get it. We're going to have to yeah. roll. <laughs> Up and at them. Up and at them. Up and at them. <laughs> oh, man. Here's a great... So, John Matrix, Dad Pod salutes you. Thank you for your, your service, John Matrix. <laughs> well, that about does it for Episode 7 of Dad Pod for Season 2. Great to have Harley Breen on the show. Great to talk about what else happens in the second trimester. On the next episode... Nesting, making your space safe, the home you live in. Is it ready for a baby? What are you telling me? That looks kind of like one-bedroom studio, just total sex lair that I had (laughs) set up where I met my current partner isn't the right place to bring a child into the world? I'm saying that. I'm saying those mirrors on your ceiling are a health hazard. They could break, shatter easily, (laughs) cut a baby's hand. I've got to get rid of the pinball machine. That's right. <laughs> we'll no. be talking all about that and more, and even the prospect of relocating if you need to on the next episode of Dad Pod. If you need us, ask dadpod at gmail.com or dagpodgram on the Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please tell someone that's the best thing you can possibly do for us. Have a great week, Charlie. Thanks, Osh. Go to bed. Go to bed.